Home with Sports Illustrated's Husky Maven channel, and welcome to this week's episode of On Second Thought, where I have the pleasure of talking with the one, the only, you probably saw him on your TV all day today, Yogi Roth from the Pac-12 Network. Yogi, we kind of talked a little bit about the transfer portal, how that makes coaches act like an NFL GM, so now let's kind of take a look into the future. About five years down the road, tell me what you think the impact of the transfer portal will ultimately have in college football, whether it's teams or just in general? That's a good question. I, I wonder if the playoff has changed by then. I hope so. Because I, I think right now, yeah, I mean, this is free agency, right? And it's worse, in my opinion, uh, in terms of the timeline, right? Now you could be, I mean, literally you could be two games into the season and still transfer and go play. Right. The way that the, at least the rules are written right now, if I'm talking about, you know, a uh, quarter school, you know, you look at UCLA or some of these other schools, Stanford, for instance, Stanford probably wouldn't necessarily take a mid year, like, you know, a transfer in the beginning of a college football season, but you get my point. Yeah. So anything I'm, I, yeah, anything can happen. And I, on one hand, I come from the player side, which I get it. Like go transfer. If it's not the right fit, if you're not playing, if it's not a healthy environment for you, in your opinion, cool, peace out, like go do your thing. But I think when we look at the numbers, right, as of earlier this week, I think there were 148 quarterbacks that entered the portal and 50 remain without a home. There's a lot of, that's about a third of the quarterbacks don't have a home. So I hope in five years, that's not a sentence I'm saying, right? I think that players, because the portal is so immediate, you can jump in at any time. I hope there's a little bit more of a pause I hope there's a timeline for when you can transfer, right? Let's get you into school mid-year or let's do it at, at the end of the spring semester. You know, I have kind of two windows for when the portal can happen versus it can happen anytime. I talked to a quarterback who transferred from a power five school and my advice to him was to not do it. So just pause. He did it. He went to another school and he probably would have started at the school he left and he should have never done it. And he knows it now looking back on it. I think, you're so highly emotional, right? Psychology would say that the brain doesn't even fully develop to your 25. So I hope there's a pause, right? So you finish your academic semester, even if you want to leave the team in five years. I hope it's less than five years. The, the dark side of this, though, is that if the CFP doesn't expand, then the Alabamas, the Clemson, Ohio State, they're just going to handpick what they need, right? Oh, left tackle blew out his knee in training camp. Who do we need to go get? Hey, and then go do that. where you at? <laughs> Yeah, well, a great example um, for your, your listeners and viewers. Google Richard Mullaney. He started at wide receiver at Oregon State. He was their number one wide receiver. When Lane Kiffin was the OC at Alabama, they needed a slot wide receiver. What did they do? They went to the graduate transfer route because the portal and the, you know, there, there was no exemption to transferring immediately yet, but they went and got him. And he became their slot receiver, won a national title. Amazing for Richard Mullaney. Not amazing for the, for the school that found him, identified him, and developed him. So I, I do think there's a world where players want to go win. So I'd love the playoff to expand to at least every conference get a, gets a seat at the table. Or I think the inequities are going to continue to grow among a few teams in college football. You brought up great points in terms of Alabama's, Georgia's, Notre Dame's, Clemson's getting all of that talent, pick and choosing who they want. And you kind of see a lot of transfers kind of going both ways just in terms of Let's say Washington, for example, you know, Dylan Morris, he wins that starting spot. Ethan Garbers leaves. Jacob Sermon leaves. Everybody leaves. And then Sam Hewitt's coming in. 
And so there's so much of this not being patient, like you're mentioning, but I want to play. It's a skill position where only one's on the field at once. You know, what am I going to do? Yeah, I think that's kind of the world that we're entering at the quarterback position. Uh, right, wrong, and different. If it was me, I believe in carrying three quarterbacks on your roster um, in this era and, and even prior to it. And I say that because there's not a lot of oxygen in those rooms. If you've been in there, it's like a shark tank, right? Everybody's an alpha. Everybody's trying to take up as much space as possible, even if it's manufactured or if it's real, right? I can remember I followed Jake Locker's senior season. I did a documentary on him titled three for the show. And we followed him his whole final season. And he took up a lot of space, right? And, and he even tried to, he just had that moxie. My point is that when there's five guys in the room, if you look at a year ago, this roster, I, I can remember being at the coaches meetings in Scottsdale, Arizona, when two quarterbacks, uh, Colson Yankoff and Jacob Sermon, entered the portal. I was with Chris Peterson that day. I remember him being like, I can't, I can't believe this is even happening, right? Like, but that's the world that we're in. And I think that's the world we're going to remain in. But if you get three guys and you separate them enough, they all feel like they have a chance to play. So I look at the roster now at UW, for instance, that position. You've got POB, you got Patrick O'Brien, right? You got the vet. Right, bring in somebody who's got major experience. You reference Dylan Morris. He's entering his third year in the programming. Technically, he's draft eligible this year. Right? And then you bring in a stud true freshman in Sam Hubert. So I think the where they are now is a really healthy place of that position. We're kind of talking a lot about quarterbacks. So that kind of makes me think about WSU in terms of all their starting quarterbacks, Gardner Minshew, um, Anthony Gordon. But can programs like that where it's a lot harder to recruit, you know, Pullman or Corvallis, it almost makes me question if they will ever actually be national title contenders just based on the transfer portal and the impact alone from there. Kind of like you're saying, Alabama needs somebody, they go and get them. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, they recruited Jane Delora, right? And to me, he was t top two quarterback in the class two years ago on tape. Uh, in my opinion. I mean, I loved the way that he played. They beat a lot of schools on Jared Guarantano, a graduate transfer. So I, I think at the end of the day, the narrative in the mind of recruits, in my eyes, generality, but it's come in as a freshman. And when I get recruited, where can I go win a natty? Where can I build my brand? Where can I get drafted? To when they transfer or hit the portal, it's where can I go play? Where can I go play? Right? To our earlier point, what's a good fit? Jared Guarantano? Amazing fit. He's going to have a great opportunity to play. Patrick O'Brien, perfect fit. Recruited by Mike Riley, pro-style offense at Nebraska. I, again, I just go back to that theme of fit, fit, fit. And I've talked to guys that transfer in the portal that are like, man, I got to go big time. Why? Because that's maybe an ego side of them or that's maybe what their community is saying versus, hey, I just want to go throw for 2,000, 3,000 yards and get drafted. Way different conversation and unfortunately, or fortunately, there's a lot of people in the ears of those players. So re regarding can Wazoo go win a national title through the portal or recruiting? I mean, they've proven they can go to the Rose Bowl. You know, they've proven they can win 11 games, right? That was under Mike Leach. So I, I don't – when I went to Clemson, South Carolina, if you said that community in that region where that school's located, do they have enough stuff to recruit? I would have said hell no. But they've done it. Right. So, yeah, I, I do think that you can do that. Same thing, Duke basketball. Right. You look back at the history of these teams. It's about consistency and fit. And Duke. It's the name Duke yeah. for basketball. It's Duke. <laughs> yeah. But, but before we were born, Duke was not Duke. Duke was terrible in basketball. 
Like they weren't, they didn't even register on the radar. And I, I think that's the point of these small communities. Clemson, when I played, Clemson was whatever, you know, like they were just an average team. So I, I just think that that is a, that's a big deal. So can you get a head coach in, whether it's Rolo or Jimmy Lake in the metropolitan community in that state and, and be consistent. And I just think that is such a big deal in recruiting, whether it's the portal or not, because by the time guys are older and want to transfer, they're over most of the time overall the love and they just want to go somewhere they're going to play and somebody's going to be honest with them. You're going to hear from Ruggie Roth, Yogi Roth first. It's about fit. It's not going to change unless something happens with the college football playoffs or the something different with the transfer portal. Kind of like a timeline, like he said. Go ahead and let us know what you think in the comments. Don't forget to check out si.com slash college slash Washington.